Anyone has anything? Okay, so uh, I guess people are still joining in. Um, uh, have you all gotten a chance to, you know, uh, kind of like go back and, you know, imagine, use your imagination, start exploring the heavenly realms? Have you all, have you all been able to go ahead and do that? Were you able to kind of like, you know, at least try it out and keep exper experimenting? Yes. Okay, awesome. So Charlotte, I know was doing it before anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, anyone else besides Charlotte? Shilpa is doing that. Shilpa also I know was doing it before that anyways. So anyone else been experiencing, you know, at least uh, using your imagination, trying to see into the heavenly realms? Okay, that's fine. Uh, the whole purpose of the uh, the eternity groups is so that we start, you know, we we start going back to the roots, going back to the the place that you know we were in the beginning, where Adam was living in dual dimensions. He was living in two dimensions, but as one, right? He was not living like a schizophrenic, or he was not living like how Christianity is today. We are trying to see into the spiritual realm. We are trying to uh, experience the heavenly realms. It's not like that. It's not like uh, the where we are today is God. Jesus. Uh, the reason why Jesus came was to restore everything that Adam lost, right? And when Adam lost his positional authority, where he could experience all realities in one experience, in other words, as one. He lost that because he started seeing the physical realm and he started settling for a very, you know, what would you say, a, a reality that was more uh, physical, more natural, right? Jesus came to undo that kind of uh, mindset by dying at the cross so that man was, is not stuck to this two-dimensional plane, this two-dimensional reality of what you see is what you get with your physical eyes. Your, your four, your, your five senses are all that uh, you have as an experience in life, right? You are more than uh, just this physical body. You are more than just this physical life that you're living in because, I mean, think about it, right? You you live your life. Take, talk about humanity today. Humanity is living their life with this mindset in this, in this uh, you know, in this thought process, in this rat race, in which they're trying to make a life for themselves, Right? That does not make sense. How can you be living your life trying to make a life for yourself that is already made in heaven? In other words, you already have everything that you ever need. Still, we are trying to go and get it. We already have all the health we can ever get. We are healthier than ever. Still, we are trying to stay healthy. We are trying to get peace. We are trying to live in serenity. We are trying to live a sane life when all you need to do is live out of heaven, right? So we are struggling for something that is already a part of our life. But the reason why we are struggling is because we don't see that life. We aren't experiencing it because we are not seeing it. We are not, we are not entered into that reality where we are called, where we are designed to actually live from. Adam was created in Eden. He was, he was, living out of Eden and his life in Eden was supposed to be the root, the source of his physical life on earth, right? I mean, we've been discussing this. So the more you and I, you know, it's like live our life from heaven, the more we live from 
eternal life. Now, why did Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Why did uh, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, should not pass away, okay? Should not, you know, lose themselves, but have eternal life. Why did he say that? What is this eternal life? Eternal life is God kind of life. In other words, the kind of life where you're living past, present, and future all at once, where time and eternity come together. In other words, you are living in this physical existence where you're, where the last two minutes have gone by, you're living in the present, and you're living in the future all at once. So you know that, okay, fine, you know, I'm, I have everything I need. That's called living in the future. I don't have to struggle for it. I'm living everything I need now, so I don't have to think about the future. I don't have to think about something that I need to, you know, you know, jump through hoops for uh, to to provide or to uh, you know or to, or to make happen. I don't have to do that. I see it. I know it. It's amazing. It's glorious. Why? Because it is called the kingdom. We have been translated into the kingdom, right? The last time we were, I was talking about uh, the parables. Right? And the parables, what were these parables that Jesus uh, was constantly giving, these you know, so-called mysteries that uh, he kept on speaking and people didn't understand. Christian, majority of Christianity does not understand what the parables are. He was talking about the kingdom. He was talking about what the kingdom is like. right? And the kingdom is not just for one mindset of people. I mean, think about it. If everybody's living the same kind of life, it's really monotonous and mundane. But he was not talking about one plane of a mindset. He was talking about a diversity in which every single person who starts seeing and experiencing the kingdom, they, they come to live in this multiverse of glory, this multiverse of realms and dimensions in which anything is possible. You can create realities in the kingdom. So when he started saying things like, you know, the, what shall we compare the kingdom of God to? You know, what With what parable can I explain it to you? And so the, this kingdom of heaven that most uh, that a lot of people think is some place that is your spirit is going to go to and live like as if it is some physical geographical location. Heaven is not a geographical location, right? It is not some place that people go to and they live physically or spiritually like as if their spirit has some shape and they're going to be walking around in that uh, in that heaven like as if, you know, the, the streets of gold, and the horizon of uh, glory and the pearly gates and all that, that is all allegorical. That's not some real physical uh, gate, pearly gates. That's not uh, like a city that is exactly measured as per those dimensions mentioned in Revelation. He's not talking about that. Those are all symbolic. It's symbolic of exactly what the kingdom is like, what heaven is like, right? Zion is this place that has these 12 gates 12 is, a, is a, a number that has great significance. It's talking about governmental authority. It's talking about, and why gates? Gates are because it's like the entry and the exit point. It is the place that you allow or you uh, root out of, right? So many symbols and so many allegories that are mentioned in the book of Revelation that we need to be aware of in terms of not take it literally. So while Christians are dying and thinking, you know, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to live life over there and enjoy life and all that, they're not going to really be living that kind of amazing life that they think they're going to be living. It is great. It is glorious. It's, it's like much better than the way people are living here. Okay. It's definitely much better. But people who are living here are not supposed to be living like this in the first place. Right. 
people who are living in this world today and they are suffering with all their suffering and all they are not supposed to be like uh, living like this that's why they are all eager to die and go to heaven thinking that there's something better over there god didn't design us to die and go to heaven god designed us to be living here where heaven starts you, you start living heaven here in other words you you experience all that heaven has while you have a life now the all everyone who has gone on to heaven have to come back they have to come back into their physical bodies because god didn't design them to stay in heaven god designed them to be to live in their physical beings so they will come back in a glorified state in which once they come into the revelation once we come into the revelation of bringing them back okay now this is something new maybe you can ask god about it but this is the way it's going to be you and i are the ones who are supposed to bring them back you you can wrap your head around that but the whole point is that we are not called to be living in heaven because heaven is not some physical place that we are supposed to go on to we are supposed to be living here on earth living heaven on earth right heaven on earth is the i think i had written a book called heaven on earth i don't know whether you guys got it but uh, heaven on earth is a small booklet i had uh, written to you know uh, tell people about jesus it's on uh, it's on our website so you can download it and you know kind of like send it off to your friends and all that stuff it's very it's very simple very easy to understand it's about how you know father god loves us and he created he designed us to be living in this reality where it's like we are enjoying his love we are living out of his love our life is supposed to be this amazing life in the knowledge of who he is to us so that we are not looking for you know uh, looking for someone to take care of us and all that a lot of i, I you know uh, in my christian days uh, in my church days let's put it that way in my church days i was sold to this thing that you know it's like father god has to uh, you know do everything for me and i'm wondering if father god is uh, is supposed to do everything for me still nothing is happening in my life so i mean either he's not doing something or i don't have faith but the bible clearly says right and john and peter and uh, paul they all recognized this very well that's why they wrote it down they said you have all the faith you need in fact you have the faith that jesus has you can't have a better faith you can't have more faith than you already have so if i have that faith and god is uh, supposed to do everything for me then what's the problem why is why are things not working out in my life right which brought me to this thing where i started seeing things with much more clarity after i visited heaven and after father god you know after i ate the fruit and father god started revealing stuff to me where it's like if he's going to do anything is going to be through me in other words i'm going to be the one who's going to be manifesting him manifesting heaven manifesting life manifesting the spirit glory and abundance i have to do it and how do i do it by just knowing that it is there seeing it living it in heaven and my physical life my earthly life over here just starts realigning itself to heaven i mean before i came to know about heaven okay i was like uh, i had to be doing something right i had to make things happen in other words if the if i saw something that was not right or something that needed to be done i had to make sure it was done i had to make sure that you know it got done the way it was supposed to get done and it was like meticulous right and i lost a lot of sleep lost a lot of you know uh, peace of mind and stuff like that trying to get this done because it was like a, i i couldn't sit still if you knew me uh, over the last uh, i wouldn't say over the last 5 10 years before that before 5 10 years i could not sit still in one place i had to be doing something i had to be you know it's like 
working on something physically, you know, fixing something or whatever, something or the other, but I couldn't sit still. And uh, I had to get over that because like that was coming out of a mindset for me personally. Okay. I'm not talking about anyone else. I don't know. Maybe other people do things because it's like, they just love doing things. I mean, that, and that's great. I used to do it because for me, it was like, I felt that I was wasting time, wasting my life. I was not being productive. I was like, you know, it wasn't, uh, I, I was not enjoying just sitting around one place until father God said, you need to really think the way you were thinking. And that made sense because it's like, I was thinking, I, I had to go back to the root of why I was kind of like, you know, so much on edge and doing things because I had to do it. And the, I found out that I was going through a lot of insecurity, insecurity because my future had to be planned, prepared, and you know, it had to be sorted out a lot of fear of the future. And that had to be dealt with. And the only way that was going to happen is when I, I know that, okay, fine. You know, it's like, Father God is, in, uh, is doing everything through me, but I have to let him do it. I had to allow him to do it. I had to come to oneness with him, one mind, in order to know that it is a done deal. Now, it would only happen through me. In other words, I had to allow it to happen. I was the one who tried to go and fix things, whichever best way possible I could think of. So I had to go and try to fix things, not giving heaven a chance to work. So if I go, some meeting is not gone right or something like that, I'll go and try to you know, speak to this one, speak to that one and try to make things happen, juggle things around and try to, you know, this, not letting it, not, you know, uh, settling for the fact that heaven is working around me. Heaven brings all things together. And I'm in a reality where everything is supposed to work for me. In other words, it's supposed to work on my behalf. I didn't realize that. Only when I started letting go, knowing in my heart, and I started seeing things that way, that heaven is working on my behalf. Everything falls into place. Everything is like a well-oiled machine. And all I'm supposed to do is let it happen, knowing that it is happening. Not jump the gun and try to fix things. Because the moment I jump the gun and try to fix things, I would mess up heaven's process of the way it should be done in the kingdom. I was not the kingdom mindset. So that kind of short-circuited everything for me. And a lot of people generally do that because what they do is they, they, they try to do things in their own strength. I mean, that's what it is called basically, right? You try to do things, try to fix things in your own strength. All you got to do is know that Father God loves you and he's not going to let anything happen to you. I mean, if you are a father, you're a parent and you won't let anything happen to your child, okay? Imagine Father God a gazillion times better than you are from a heart of love, right? He's not going to let anything happen to you. He's already in that future that you are so afraid of. That future that you are so insecure of and that you need to provide for and, you know, make sure that rainy day doesn't come. And if it does come also, it is well provided for and you are well settled and nothing happens and all that stuff. He's in that rainy day. Question is, why are you expecting a rainy day? Father God does not have any rainy days. You will never have a rainy day. Why are you providing? Why are you preparing for something that will never come? The fact that you are preparing for it means that you are expecting it. And you are the government. You're the government. And if you say there's a rainy day coming, there's a rainy day coming. Because you're the authority. No rainy day can come if you don't believe in a rainy day. And when I say rainy day, I'm talking about some bad event that's going to take place that you need to prepare for. Like, 
economic crisis and you know it's like the inflation and you know government falling and government overtaking and all that all that jazz if you are expecting something like that then and you're preparing for it then you might as well expect it because you've authorized it because you're that powerful right you are that powerful the thing is we believe we have the power or rather we, we believe we don't have the power for good things right but not realizing that we have the power we don't realize this we have the power for all the negative things that will happen in our life we empower it how do we empower it we bring it to pass by believing that it is possible we prepare for it the moment you prepare for something that is negative something in your future that you know is not good for your life you are actually empowering it and bringing it to pass because you are not some weakling you are made in the image of god who creates realities i hope you understand what i'm saying you are so powerful that you create realities good or bad doesn't matter tomorrow if you get into some brawl okay some some fight somewhere okay you have the choice either you can walk away from it or you can get into the brawl and start throwing some punches here and there right now throwing punches and all that you are still powerful to do would you want to do that or would you want to just walk away well, who wants that kind of thing the point is you can do it you can do it it's it's possible so any reality you want to create okay you can create it the point is what kind of a reality are you looking at like for example the negative things that we have in our life is a product of not seeing a perfect kingdom that we are living in we are looking at the imperfect physical world that we are citizens that we that we believe that we are citizens of you are not a citizen of this world you are not a citizen of india only your body is a citizen of india you okay can choose and decide that i am not a citizen of india i am a citizen of heaven now when i say citizen of india i mean all these legalities and all that are fine you know you have a passport without your passport you can't travel and all that thing that's fine i mean you keep all that because i mean that's the way the government that's the way people recognize you you make them comfortable it's fine but if you subscribe to this lesser mindset and it is a lesser mindset the moment you subscribe to this lesser mindset of wait a minute you know it's like i'm a citizen of uh, of this world i live in this world and that's that's my reality you will never see a kingdom that is much more glorious much more powerful and has no boundaries you will be confined to the boundaries of this physical world that you are living in which has so many limitations you can't do this you can't do that you will never be able to get through here never get here, unless you do this unless you do that you know all those little legalities that you need to uh, what do you say subscribe to the moment you come into the kingdom you break free of any bondage anything that tells you wait a minute you know unless this happens i cannot do this you break free of that because now you're thinking wait a minute i don't even have to think about this stuff heaven will make a way for me because that reality see heaven is what what do you mean by heaven will make a way for me what do you mean by the kingdom works for you i'm not saying that you know it's like uh, it doesn't happen without you or that somebody else has to do something for you no i'm not saying that what i'm saying is that the mechanics of the kingdom is such that you allow glory to come through you where everything that comes out through this gate that is who you are this gate and this door this everlasting gate and door everything that comes through makes things happen around you 
people start thinking like you start thinking without you having to do much. It's just the frequency that you emanate from your being. You're that powerful. If you believe that, if you see that, if you start observing and experiencing the kingdom. See, why, why, why was I saying, you know, imagination? Imagination kind of breaks you through this barrier of only your physical senses being your world. The moment you break through that barrier and you start seeing the kingdom for what it is, you will start seeing glory and you will never pay attention to the limitations of the world around you. The, the, this is impossible, that is impossible. You have to go through this channel, through that channel. You never have to think like that. You can break free. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is not a geographical location, like I said, it is a reality. A reality in which you live, in which you are the government. Amen? Okay. Having said that, I just want to make a little announcement that uh, next week is going to be the last uh, meeting that we have. Okay. And uh, like I said in the beginning, okay, this is not meant to be some lifelong thing that you're depending on. And it's not supposed to be these meetings are not supposed to be something that like, you know, like a Sunday church or something where you join in and you get your day, weekly dose. And, you know, it's not supposed, it's not designed to be that. It is designed to be something that kickstarts you into a journey where you start exploring heaven and start seeing the kingdom, living the kingdom. The three things that we were supposed to accomplish and that I wanted to uh, give you in the EG was you start developing a mindset in which you uh, you're living above sickness, you are living above trouble and problems, and you are living in abundance. These are the three keys. And the mindset that you start developing in order to achieve this is that you break free of all the limitations that you are told that, wait a minute, you know, it's like, I, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do things. I don't know how to approach God. I don't know how to see God. I don't know how to see the kingdom. I don't know how, what heaven is like. You, you start, you know, all those things become a thing of the past where those limitations were keeping us away from our father. The, the, the glory that we enjoy today is that Father God is right there where you are sitting right now. You are sitting with him. You're not just sitting with him. You are in him. In other words, his mind is exactly your mind. Your, your heart is his heart. Y'all are not two separate beings anymore. Right? Before Jesus... We were like two separate beings where we had to call out from heaven, God, please help us and stuff like that. I mean, that's who we were before we came to know who Jesus was. But now that we are in Jesus, the whole point of being in Jesus and in the Father is that he and us, he and we are so one, there's no difference between the two. You can't tell him where he begins and where you end. Your thoughts are his thoughts. You'll never have to say, Father God, I need your help. Please help me in this. You never have to think that way. He's in you, he's with you, you are in him, you are with him. So the mindset that you are developing, that you are, need to start coming to terms with, settling for, is that your thoughts are his thoughts. You are him. He is you. No two separate beings anymore. There's no separation. Right? That separation was, pre, was a pre-Jesus mindset, where there were two separate beings, Father God and you, Jesus and you, Holy Spirit and you. The oneness mindset okay, is the reality of the kingdom. In other words, you are him. He is you. So, live in abundance, living above troubles and problems. In other words, you do not have any trouble and problems. 
right? You do not fall sick. You can't fall sick. Three realities of the kingdom. And, and these are just, I mean, these are not the only three, okay? I mean, this is just the beginning. The remaining you need to figure out. The remaining is something that Father God will bring into your heart once you start speaking to him. I'm hoping that by now, at least you've started, uh, you know, speaking, interacting with Father God and, you know, and hearing him at least. That, you know, uh, hearing him in the sense like there's this being in you, okay? He's in you and you are, his thoughts are your thoughts. In other words, you know he is speaking. Not like a second person, like uh, like I would say, hey, Shilpa, how are you? And, you know, it's like, I hope today goes well for you. And, you know, it's like, I want to give you a very good day today. Not like some second person speaking to Shilpa, no? Shilpa is thinking like, I know this is going to be an awesome day. You know, I, I know that this is going to be a really glorious day and I'm looking forward to it. That's Father God, right? It's not as if, you know, uh, Father God is saying, okay, Shilpa, you need to get up from that sofa and go sit on that chair. No, Shilpa is thinking, wait a minute, you know, uh, maybe I should just go and sit in that chair. That's Father God. So you never doubt, wait a minute, have I made the wrong decision? Have I, have I done something wrong? Am I going to, you know, uh, am I going to fall flat on my face if I decide this? Never have to think that. Because the oneness means that you can never go wrong. It is not possible that you can ever go wrong. You are in him. He is in you. You are one with him. So the keys of the kingdom are simply this. You do not have this thing in you where this, this you know, this mindset where anything can go wrong in your life. That is still a separation mindset because God does not think like, can you imagine God saying, wait a minute, you know, it's like, uh, what can go wrong in my life? Maybe I should, you know, start planning for the future. What if, uh, you know, something happens to me? Do you, can you imagine Father God saying something like that? Can you imagine Jesus? Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's bring it down to Jesus. Can you bring it down to Jesus thinking like that? Jesus is thinking, wait a minute, you know, it's like I got a plan for the future. I got to make sure, you know, I, uh, I run through these 33 years. Otherwise, I don't know what will happen to humanity. Never. As far as he was concerned, he was just living the kingdom. Never, no bad decisions ever. You can't make bad decisions. There is no such thing as deception in your, in your reality. Settle for it. Right? Come to terms with it. The moment you come to terms with it, you will start seeing that it never happens. The only reason why bad decisions and bad things take because you believe it is possible. Get over this mindset of thinking it is possible. It is not possible. If you're in Father God, how is it possible? How is it possible that you can make a bad decision? Do you think bad decisions exist in Father God? Do you think bad choices or you know, it's like deception or bad things that can happen to you, trouble, problem, sickness? Do you think it exists in Father God? Do you think it can exist in him? There's no reality like that. It does not even it does not even compute. Right? So in the same way, see yourself. For example, you're looking at yourself, right? I, uh, close your eyes. Right? Close your eyes and just, just follow through with me. When you see yourself, okay, look at yourself, right? Whatever your age is, it does not matter. See yourself when you are 24 years old. I'm not talking about looking at yourself as, you know, out there, you're a 24 year old person walking on the road. No, I'm not talking. You are now a 24 year old person sitting in that chair, listening to the sound of my voice, 
you are 24 years old this is who you are look at who you are see how vigorous you are see how amazing your skin is see how i mean if you don't have hair then see how, how much hair you have <laughs> just see yourself as young 24 years old young vigorous strong amazing glorious that's who you are you're powerful you are strong you are healthy you're amazing you're energetic you're ambitious nothing can go wrong in your life see yourself that way now now hear me out okay that is exactly who you are you know why because in the kingdom you don't age in the kingdom there is no form of decay or death you're supposed to see yourself now and the reason why i'm saying this now is because now you're hearing me say it now you are coming to understand something about the kingdom maybe you knew about it before i don't know but i'm just telling you as if you've heard it now but you are hearing about it now so start now not 10 years in the future not tomorrow not day after start now you see yourself from now on you're not looking at yourself as a 30 year old or 40 year old or 50 or whatever age you are you're not seeing yourself that way you're not seeing yourself as that number you're seeing yourself as the prime of your youth in other words when you're walking you don't need to think of yourself wait a minute you know i'm a i'm a whatever age you are 50 year old 60 year old i'm i'm walking down the road i'm 40 year old i mean you know it's like look at me i'm mature no you're not mature just because you're 40 or 50 or whatever you're mature because you are a son of god that's why you're mature but you are in the prime of your youth your body will fall in line if you don't see yourself in the prime of youth your body only knows the age that you have believed your body is only seen the number that you believe you are you know why think about it okay i've seen i've seen people who are you know it's like they whatever age they are i mean some people are 60 whatever they start behaving like 60 year olds just because they think that they're 60 now the same i mean i've seen 70 year olds who are more healthier than they are more vigorous more energetic how is it that that person because that person and i've spoken to some they don't believe they know the age is just a number it's, they don't believe that they are there and so they go around walking around like as they are you know 30 years old 20 years old whatever age is only a number you don't have to think you are not that number you are in the prime of youth you are in the kingdom the kingdom has no age the kingdom does not believe in these numbers of the that number brings maturity this that concept is a decaying concept it is it's only of the world these are the limitations and boundaries that you know we have been confined to so you are supposed to see i mean just look at yourself i am in the prime of youth don't look at your body don't look in the mirror and say wait a minute i am in the prime of youth let's hope it happens no not like that you are in the prime of youth your body will fall in line you know why because your because you are the source of what your body follows your body will it it has no i mean see it's a creative thing your body is what your body is not you your body is just the clothes that you put on it has to fall in line with what you believe 
it has it is it is it is designed that way it is designed to follow everything that you believe as a son of god so if you believe that you can fall sick if you believe that you have trouble in your life if you believe that you are old if you believe that you know it's like whatever you believe if you believe it your body has no choice it has to fall in line change what you believe change what you know to be true and the only way you can change what you know to be true is to see what the kingdom has for you the kingdom is not a place it is a state in which you live it is youth it is abundance it is glory it is life it is peace it is health it is the father it is light eternal life so the more you start seeing the kingdom you are the kingdom okay you are the kingdom by the way right? he has made us a kingdom and a priesthood unto our god and father revelation right this is what jesus told uh john the more you see yourself as the kingdom nothing that this world throws at you will have any effect in the end i mean you'll start looking you'll start seeing how nothing in this world can throw anything at you in the old testament it is uh, there's a scripture in isaiah which says uh no weapon formed against you will prosper isaiah 54 i think no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that comes against you in judgment you will condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the lord right in colossians paul told the uh, the colossian church he said he has disarmed principalities and powers right and he has made a public spectacle of them what does this mean in the old testament people believed that there were weapons and that that the enemy could come against them no weapon formed against you in other words there are weapons that were being formed against that uh, israel that against against the old testament people there were weapons they were being formed but it won't hurt them why because god was there right no one could bring any judgment against israel or the people of the old testament because god was there no problem the new covenant however because of jesus because we are in life in eternal life he has disarmed principalities and power. he has disarmed simply means that there are no weapons anymore so forget weapons being formed against you now there are no weapons at all it's secondary that you know uh, weapons hurting you now they they have nothing against you they can't judge you because jesus was judged as you so you are living above judgment you are you are on the judgment seat now in other words you judge you are the judge the tables have turned everything is working out for you and me the less we see of the of the operations of this world the functions of this world and the way the government of this world operates the less we see of that and the more we see of the kingdom the more we will start living in that place of authority it's your inheritance why would you settle for something less right i mean why settle for uh why settle for slavery when you can be a ruler and when i say slavery i'm talking about being bound by the principles of this world 
right? The element, the elements of this world that tell you, wait a minute, you know, there are rules, there are regulations you need to follow and stuff like that. Rules and regulations, yes, they will all move aside for you. They will all work in your favor. All you need to do is be there. The moment you are there, things start changing. Why? Because the very essence of who you are starts changing the atmosphere of how things function. It just starts changing. And you need to experience this firsthand, right? Like I said, see yourself in the prime of youth. You are the kingdom. Wherever you go, you are bringing the kingdom. You are the kingdom in that place. When Jesus, Jesus had not died yet, right? But Jesus didn't have to die. He chose to die. So when he sent his disciples, like I was mentioning earlier, he sent his disciples out two by two and he told the disciples, wherever you go, whichever town, when you, the moment you enter a household, you tell the people, you declare the kingdom of heaven is near. It's coming to you. Get ready, right? When Jesus went, he never said that. What he said was, the kingdom has arrived. How did he say that? Because he was there. The moment he came, he said, don't look, uh, if they say the kingdom is here, the kingdom is there. Don't look at all that. Don't get fooled by that. Okay? The kingdom is in your heart. You are the kingdom. Wherever you go, things change because your kingdom is much more glorious. It is, it is a dominant kingdom. In other words, it is a source realm from which every other kingdom receives its authority. Right? So we are called to live from above. We are not called to live from beneath. We are not called to be, you know, see, I'm not talking about, you know, try to become a, you know, ruler and boss around and, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, take control of every meeting that's there. I'm not, I'm not saying that stuff like that. What I am trying to say is that you don't have to do anything. The moment you're there, your presence changes everything. You won't even have to think about what you need to do, whether it'll get done or nothing. You being there is the reason it has to change. The kingdom is not, you know, it, it's not some, you know, uh, lukewarm, uh, you know, passive sort of a, a state of existence. It is a very hyperactive state of existence. And it is not something that is visible, you know, firsthand. It is something that operates in the heavenly realms and manifests as time goes by. Time brings it to pass. The, the kingdom of time, the, the government of time is a really, really powerful being. Have I, have I mentioned that, you know, it's like I, I had met time once. I don't know if I had mentioned that, but uh, before I had launched, uh, before I had launched uh, Living from Eternity and the book was not ready, I was, uh, the book was not ready. The launch date was coming near and I was like, you know, oh my God, I got to get this thing uh, launched out. I got to, I, I got to put it out. The, the, we have already set a launch date but the book was not uh, ready. And so I was asking Father God, you know, it's like, uh, what's to be done? And, I, and at that point I was kind of like, you know, wait a minute, this is, uh, it's not, it's not panning out. Something has to be done. So the Holy Spirit said, he said, go and meet time. So I thought, okay, fine, I'll meet time. So I, 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 I kind of like stepped out and I, I engaged time. And I, I, I stepped into time and I saw, and to me, he, uh, the government of time basically manifested as this, you know, like, like how you see the Aurora Borealis, but a lot, a lot more glorious and multicolored. I mean, colors I had never seen, never imagined, right? Not like the regular reds and blues and greens and all that we normally see. It, I was surrounded by this Aurora Borealis kind of an experience. And I, 
I kind of came into oneness with time. And the moment I got that experience, I knew that, okay, fine, time was working with me, in me, in my reality, and everything will get done. And just two days later, the whole thing got done. And I was still way ahead before the, uh, before the launch. It didn't seem it was possible, but just two days later, the whole thing got sorted out. So time, the government of time, the moment you come into oneness with time, time is a being. It is a living entity. Okay, it is not some concept in the mind. It is not something that you just, you know, okay, fine, time. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It's not like that. Time is a being. It is a living entity, a living creature who makes things happen in unison with atmosphere, with sun, with moon, with the rotation of the earth, with, with people, with events, with, you know, mindsets. He works in as a government. And the moment you and I come into, into oneness with time, see, right now I'm, I'm sharing this with you, but I mean, they're just words. You, once you experience it, you'll understand what, uh, what oneness with time really is. And you really need to meet time. You really, it's, it's a good thing that you do. Go and, you know, uh, engage Father God and he'll show you what it is about. The thing is that the moment you start experiencing this, it goes from, it, it surpasses words and starts becoming a lifestyle. The moment it starts becoming a lifestyle, you don't think, is it possible? Is it not possible? How will it happen? You, just, you stop thinking that, that mindset doesn't come into you. You don't, you don't think like that anymore. Now, everything is possible. There's no such thing as how is it going to happen? Everything is working for you. Right? When God said in the beginning, he said, let man have rule and let man have dominion. Right? In other words, I am making an image of myself. This is who I am, Cyril, is me. And he is going to be the government over all governments. In other words, he's going to govern the universe. He's going to govern creation. He's going to govern the sun, moon, and stars. He's going to govern everything with regard to creation. In other words, he's going to be Lord of all. So creation starts working with him. And that's your life. Everything in your life is, is supposed to be governed by you. Everything works for you. So if you want things to work out, it's supposed to be that you are the one who dictates how it is supposed to be. How do you dictate how is it supposed to be? Very simple. You just know it has to work out in my favor. That's about it. It ends there. You don't have to think, how is it going to work out? This person should meet this person. Then this should happen. That should happen. Then you start chalking out a plan. You don't need that. All you need to know, this is going to work out in my favor. And I'm going to be at rest. I'm going to enjoy this journey of just seeing things happen in front of me. That's the way it is. It's as simple as that. That's the way it is designed to be. You can't be God, you can't be the father, you can't be your father and still struggle to make things happen. It does not compute, right? You are the manifestation of your father to creation, to your own life first and then to creation. Creation cannot, will not bow down to someone who is in bondage themselves, right? I shared this last time. If you are in bondage to the elements of the world, the way the world functions, you cannot set creation free because you yourself are in bondage. Creation is waiting for freedom to be set free and the only way it will be set free is when you are free. 
Amen. Amen. So I hope this has kind of like you know helped motivate you. Just one second. You you talked yeah. about three things. You talked about three things that yeah. you wanted us to achieve, and then I think you got slightly diverted because you you did one and maybe uh, the, the second and third you you missed out, or I don't know whether you you brought it out. I, I have no clue where that went. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you talked about first that uh, that the first was uh, was that uh, you wanted us to to know that the kingdom has no limitations. That you know, yeah. you, you, that what what is the second one that would be, and what is the third would be? So, uh, firstly, the kingdom has no limitations. It has no boundaries. It has no. It, there's no. There's no earthly functioning in the kingdom. In other words, there's no hierarchical king uh, authority in the kingdom. For example. When you are in the, when you are, when you are the kingdom, I'm not saying part of the kingdom. Also, the kingdom is a multi-variegated kind of a, a state of existence because there you are not just one person living in the kingdom. You are living in harmony with all sons. Yeah. You are living in harmony with the father. You are living in harmony with living beings who are all part of the kingdom, and they are all working on your behalf. So the key is that we are not just living that you know this person does this, that person does that. They are, each person brings their own thing into the kingdom. For example, now in this meeting, let's take for example this EG, right? In this EG, every single person is unique in their characteristics, in their character, in their function, in the way they think, in their relationship, and what they bring to their family or their business or here. Now you may not say much in the, or you may not say anything in the in the meeting itself, but. You will go probably into your business place tomorrow, or you will probably go to your school tomorrow, or wherever you will go, where you will be the kingdom. This meeting in the kingdom, in that atmosphere, you will be changing that reality. So, what has basically taken place? These three units, in other words, the EG, your life, and that place of work or school or whatever, all becomes one kingdom. How does that work out? It is simply because it flows in one atmosphere. Now. Why is it so necessary that all works in one atmosphere? Because we are all emitting, the, we are all radiating and emanating the same frequency, the frequency of our Father. What does that mean? It simply means that it's not limited to this, just E.G. and you saying, "Wait a minute, you know, I want to meet Father God." Tomorrow, when you go to your work, your school of business and all that, it's not that you have to try to do anything. Wait a minute, what did I learn in the E.G.? What did I hear about? You know, this guy say, "You don't have to think about all that kind of stuff." Also. It's in your being, right? When you go there, it'll just be like, uh, "This looks like a problem. I don't have to think about it." You know why? Because it's like there's something resonating within me that says, "Okay, fine." It'll just pan out. Why? Do, how did that happen? There's a frequency match that took place from this EG into your life that brings about a certain result. Now, the reason why I am saying that, you know, now you can wait it out. No problem. I waited it out. It took a little while. I don't want to wait now any longer. When I want to see things, I, I I go for it. For example, right now I'm tapped into a certain reality that I want to experience of the kingdom, manifesting, manifesting a certain reality of uh, of heaven in in this in my life right now. So I'm not waiting for it to happen. I am literally spending time and experimenting of how to bring it about, how to manifest it. So I'm seeing things materialize that are, you know, really picking up steam, and it's a great thing. I don't want to wait for it to take place. What I'm recommending is that this kingdom that you are understanding today is not something that you need to wait for. Don't wait for it to happen to you. 
go after it yourself don't wait for things to you know it's like jump you in in life you run after it because your life is a product of everything that you believe and if if something you're believing right now is not working out for you why do you want to stay in it right jump for something that is going to change your life so that your future is not based on your past or it's not based on the present you're you're living a glorious future now you're living the kingdom now today right so i don't remember what i was saying but the three things basically all sum up and all come together in this in this one thing that you are the kingdom you you there's no weakness there's no sickness there's no you know lack there's no trouble there's no problems you're living in the fullness of life you cannot be any more complete and glorious than you are now you can't be any less glorious than you are now you can you can't be it's not possible right you are you are complete being and we are coming into awareness now of wait a minute you know i am perfect why should i settle for this i am i am like my father why should i even you know consider this uh, future rainy day there's no such thing father god doesn't think like that jesus would never think like that how can i think like that my future is amazing so why should i go struggling today for a for an unsure future my future is very sure it is is glorious it is rich it is abundant it is prosperous it is healthy it is strong problem free trouble free why should i think of a future that has trouble in it it's not possible jesus would never think like that i am jesus i am one with the father i am one with jesus i can't think like that right that's the mindset that's the mindset of the kingdom so yeah anyone has any questions sirul uh, did i miss something no no you anything you, else you 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 cover that you cover that it's oh. just that it, it, it was a little more descriptive than than the point where it's kind of it's okay <laughs> anyone else has anything to share any questions god it's bina here yeah hi bina i last time i think you had mentioned that uh, go and uh, uh, find out about uh, in ezekiel and daniel read about the visions and all which i did it was really amazing and uh, uh, and it was really good you know which i could uh, i could really sense that but there is not much said about you know when i went to the genesis there's not much said anything more description about he was just taken by god that's all but we you can go and read the book of enoch in that case enoch is it yeah. okay but that we don't have in our bible no there are okay so regarding the bible okay the bible is not the beginning and the end it is not the only book that's there right the bible was put together by a nicene council okay it was a council of scholars who basically at that time thought that this is the these are the best books that can go into the bible they were contemplating at that time whether enoch should be in the place of revelation in other words they had the, when they were putting the the last book together they were actually thinking about uh, putting the book of enoch and not the book of revelation but at that time they they were like the book of enoch is a little too wild i mean they couldn't really understand it so the the easiest book to understand even though it was so complicated is that they the is the book of uh, revelation so they put that book in instead there is a uh, let me let me share what scripture is okay scripture is uh, if you if you see 
Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, it says all scripture is something that God has spoken. All scripture is God breathed. In other words, whatever God has spoken, that is scripture. Right? Now, do you think when it says uh, when Job, uh, Job's wife, right? Job's wife said, curse God and die. Right? Do you think that is the Bible? Do you think that is something God said? Right? It doesn't make sense. Right? Uh, the, the, somebody said something about someone and they killed him. Do you think that is something God said? God says life. God speaks life. Right? Everything that Jesus spoke, Jesus did not mince words. He did not use vain words. Everything that Jesus spoke was supposed to bring life. It was supposed to bring abundance. Right? Everything he spoke brought abundance. The point is, scripture is not just something that is written in the Bible. It is the word of God. In other words, everything that God spoke to people. Whenever God uh, prophesied or he said something to the prophets in the Old Testament, that is something that God said. That is scripture. Everything related to something that God was doing in the earth, that is scripture. The wisdom, the Proverbs, the Psalms, everything related to God saying something to mankind. Right? For example, uh, in the book uh, in, in Romans, right? Uh, Romans 10, 17, it said, uh, Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? What does that mean? The word, word of God, when it says word, that word, word in the Greek is logos. And logos is translated something spoken, not something written. A lot of people think, you know, uh, the written Bible is the, is the word of God. No way in the Bible does it ever mention that it is the word of God. In fact, the Bible, because the Bible does not claim that it is the word of God. It would be ludicrous for the Bible itself to say it is the word of God, because it's like, then who's the authority saying it is the word of God? How do you know? Right? So it can't make that claim. The word of God is something that God spoke. So when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's saying faith comes by hearing what God tells you. In other words, when God says something to you, you get built up in your faith. You believe anything that God says. He has spoken something. Right? Not written. There are people who can't read and write. So what, what about them? Will they never have the word of God? There are, some, there are some people who are deaf and they can't hear people speaking the Bible or speaking scripture or this. What about them? Do they miss out the word of God? No. It is not about the written word or reading or speaking. It is about something that God says and God does not speak to you in an audible booming voice unless you are like really not paying attention only then probably he'll speak to you in a booming voice. But he speaks to you from, from heart to heart. Being to being. So you, even a deaf and dumb person who can't read and write, they will know when God has spoken. So God speaking is when a person knows what God is saying because God speaks by knowing. In other words, you know, this is what the father is saying. This is what Jesus said. This is what the Holy Spirit says, right? That's why I said, it's not like an audible voice, not like a second person. Like, wait a minute, you know, it's like, Mark, why don't you get up and, you know, go move on to the other chair. It's not like that. It's not like a, another person. It's like, I feel like I should move on to another chair. The same person. So that person undeniably has heard the word of God. Something that God has spoken. So the Bible is not, you can't say that the Bible is the word of God. The Bible has scripture in it. Yes. 
but then scripture is not only in the bible there are so many other texts that are mentioned that are, that there are in history historical writings that have scripture in it for example the book of enoch has a lot of scripture the book of jasher that the bible quotes both both these books are in the bible also in other words uh titus speaks of the book of enoch in other words he was reading the book of enoch okay uh exodus uh there's the kings first kings second kings chronicles they all speak of the prophets they all speak of the book of jasher right so all these are also have scripture in it so you should read all the books that are if you want right there's uh, if you so if you want to read about enoch you want to know about enoch read the book of enoch i will post the i'll i'll, I'll post the pdf the book of enoch onto the group uh, after the meeting you guys should read it it's 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 amazing it's amazing what he saw in heaven and he and he documented everything that he experienced so don't get stuck on this this one thing because you will never understand for example there's so much stuff written about abraham that is not in the bible like for example did you know that uh, uh, when abraham went to sacrifice isaac when abraham went to sacrifice isaac satan met him at least three or four times on the way tried to stop him from sacrificing isaac that's not mentioned in the bible but it is mentioned in the book of jasher right a lot the bible uh, when you read the book of uh, genesis exodus leviticus deuteronomy numbers there are it, a lot of stuff you can't really understand because there are a lot of gaps in it that are not filled but when you read the book of jasher which covers all these three books it's like an expanded version of the first of the of the pentateuch of the torah the book of jasher basically expands and fills all the gaps that we don't read in the first five books for example how did uh, you know how did the israelites uh, they were in bondage to uh, in egypt how did they come to bondage in uh, egypt what happened in their bondage for how long how did the pharaoh uh, deal with them how did they come out of egypt right how did the for example in the case of uh, joseph right joseph became the 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 governor was the governor the prime minister of uh, egypt right how did he become the prime minister of egypt how did his 12 brothers his 10 brothers come and meet him what really happened right the dialogue that took place they actually came into uh, egypt by grain but they didn't come in through one gate they came in through all separate gates from into egypt and then they were arrested joseph was the one who uh, who had them arrested what really took place they they got into a big argument they almost killed each other joseph almost got killed by his brother judah when they had an encounter because they didn't recognize joseph in fact joseph's two sons were about to kill uh, simeon did you know that is not mentioned in the bible but all these gaps are filled in the book of jasher who wrote in detail what took place so everything that you read okay you need to go through all the various historical texts because what is put in the bible is only a compiled version of some of the stuff that is the, that of the many many books that are out there written by prophets like for example have you heard of the prophet nathan nathan was the guy who advised david right he was the prophet he was a prophet to king david but we know of nathan he is a great prophet and this that but he also wrote a book he wrote about all the prophecies that god gave him but nobody read his book but we know he's a great prophet but we don't have uh, the book of nathan 
So, I mean, there are so many other books that the major prophets have written and the, everything that God spoke to them that if you read, it is like out of this world. So, go ahead and read all this stuff, right? And you can't be deceived. Don't think, if you think, if you believe that you can be deceived, because you are a governmental authority, because you are governor made in the image of God, you have opened up that, uh, that reality of being deceived. Don't open up that reality of being deceived. You can't. If it is possible to deceive you, that means you've already lost. Then even Father God can't help you. It's a, it's a, it's a truth. Because if, if you decide that, okay, fine, you know, I can be deceived. Satan can come into my life and he can, he can bring deception in my life. I can believe this wrong and that wrong and all that. Then you have given him the authority to deceive you. Don't do that. He cannot come into your world because you are in the light. You have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you are now in the kingdom of light. How many of us are in the kingdom of light? We are in the kingdom of Jesus, right? If you are in the kingdom of Jesus and you are in the kingdom of light, you cannot be deceived because darkness cannot come into the light. So don't fear darkness because the moment you fear darkness, you step into it. Right? Nothing can happen to your life. You are indestructible. You are undeceivable. You are indisputable. That's who you are. It's by nature. That's your default. Right? So don't see yourself as something short of who you are. Amen. So read the scripture out there. There are, There's a lot of books. I will post uh, Enoch and Jasher in the group. You can read it. And it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Kurt, I have a question, Kurt. Yeah, please go ahead. Um, what is that scripture that says um, a son with um, like what are, what's your insight or understanding with the seven spirits because because I read about the book of um, Ian Clayton talking about seven spirits and um, like their tutors and governors so do have you experienced them yeah so in the in the book of Isaiah it mentions the seven spirits right uh, the seven spirits of God uh, will rest upon you, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of uh, uh, spirit of counsel and might and fear of the Lord and all the seven spirits. And they will come upon you. Now, they came upon Jesus, right? By, by inheritance, by virtue of being a son of God, by virtue of being as Jesus is, you do not have, I mean, it's good that you can do it. It's not that you can't do it, okay? You can do anything you want. See, that you're free to believe and to do anything you feel like. There's no reason why you should not do something. Personally, I don't believe that you need to go and engage each spirit individually. Because by default, they are designed to minister to you as a son. Because you are exactly as Jesus is. So you can choose to go and engage them individually. Like for example, if you need wisdom, you can engage the, the spirit of wisdom. Uh, you can engage the you can engage wisdom on uh, wisdom heights. You don't even need to go to uh, the spirit of wisdom, right? So I mean, as far as you're concerned, you don't you might my, my understanding or rather my take. This is what I believe. This is what I know. This is what I live. I don't need to engage each spirit individually because I believe that they are all ministering to my life as a son without me having to seek individual counsel from each one, uh, one of them. I don't want to have to go through the process of, 
identifying, isolating, and you know, going through this small, small little, you know, nitpicking and going through the nitty gritties of how things are done. I don't want to do that. I would rather just enjoy my life, live my life, knowing, and I, and this is the truth, that the seven spirits are already at work in your life, bringing about everything that they are designed to do. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Right. They are supposed to rest upon him. He did not invite them and say, you come please in my life. I need counsel in this. He did not have to do that. In the same way as a son and him being your model, because Jesus is the model son and he shows his life is our model. You and I don't need to have to go and engage each and as far as counselors and as far as courts, as far as all these are concerned, very much real, very much uh, a reality and they are there. You can engage them because it's quite interesting and intriguing. You can do it if you want. I don't feel the need to go and do it. I, I, had engage, I, I was engaging in the courts and I was active in the courts, but I found that my positional authority changed when I tried because I, did not, I found it did not make sense for me as a son. And Father God told me that you're standing in the wrong place. You're not supposed to be standing on the floor of the court. You're on the seat, on the judgment seat, casting judgment. Secondly, how can you bring, how can the enemy bring accusation against you? You're above reproach, right? No accusation shall be formed against a son of God. So by you calling for accusations and saying, okay, enemy, you know, bring the accusations forth. You're actually engaging in those accusations and saying, I am, I am with flaw. I am lacking this. This is my problem. That's my problem. Now you tell me everything. And then I will take you to the court of angels. And then in the scroll, we, you know, the process, how it goes, right? The point is that, while it's very interesting and it's good and it works and a lot of people need it, there, there is a section, there's a group of people who need it. There's a time to graduate from that and move into higher glory, greater glory, where you are now on the judgment seat and you are the one setting people free. You can't set people free and cast judgment on from the floor. You can advocate, yes, you can advocate for people who need that deliverance in the courts. Uh, and, uh, and for those of you who don't know, there are courts of heaven, okay? There are various levels of courts in heaven, right up to the chancellor's court. But, uh, and, and, and you can engage all those courts, but you don't need to. The point is that it's very intriguing and interesting that you should at least at some point in time, ask God, take you there and you can do it. But as a son, you're supposed to be on the seat, setting people free, not calling for accusations and you know getting them more condemned than they already are, right? So yeah, that's my take on it. Thank you so much. That makes sense. Thank you. Anyone else? Any questions? Anyone would like to share anything? Okay. So everything that I shared is not to say that this is the only way to do it. Okay. I just want to tell you now, there's no one way to do anything. Also, I also want to say that there's no reason why you should not engage or you know explore or experience anything in heaven by all means i mean the more you explore in heaven the more understanding you get of how the mechanics of heaven uh, how they function and how you come into function with heaven and heaven functions through you so it's it's an amazing reality and the more you start getting on this journey the more you'll start seeing things right you guys can explore like uh, uh, like Lisa was talking about Ian Clayton. 
if you really want to get your mind blown and you know stuff like that you should go and uh, see the stuff that Ian Clayton has his name is Ian Clayton I will put his name on the group just google him see what he has wild stuff really out there and uh, if you've never seen or experienced heaven this will really get you kick started actually not kick started it may throw you off but the thing is all these are realities and they exist and they are out there the key is to start get on this journey the key is to start imagining and start start with imagination and start seeing heaven start seeing things explore the heavenly realms explore the spiritual realm and get going don't sit in one place right see your inheritance amen cool so just uh, just remind you again this uh, next week next uh, thursday is going to be our last meeting and uh, i will uh, like I said, this meetings, these meetings are not supposed to be, you know, like lifelong Sunday messages, uh, Sunday church uh, things. They are meant to kickstart you so that you start developing a mindset of, you know, breaking out of that box of this is not the only way things are done. But, you know, it's like I want to see heaven and I want to experience it for myself just to get you, you know, like shaken up, rattled up and kind of like provoke you to go and experience things for yourself. Right. That's the only reason why I had the EG. So great. So looking forward to the, our last meeting next week. And then, uh, okay. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, God. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so Thank much, you. God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, God. Bye, Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.